This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back, listening to Militantly Mixed. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine. And if you listened last week, you heard my confessions of failure in that I had three planned episodes for the month of February for Black History Month that didn't record or failed to record. So I'm I'm in scramble mode trying to uh, fix that so that I can kind of stay stay on target. I don't know, whatever. So I have an unexpected free day because Blurred Vision and I recorded a day early. So I got an opportunity to post on Facebook to see if anybody would be down to just do an extra recording session with me this week. And someone I've kind of known for. 27 years, maybe 26 years. We don't, we haven't seen each other in 25 years, probably 24 years, but we went to high school together. This is somebody that I talk, I know as Colson, Anthony Colson. The still, are you still the, um, the don't, don't, don't start. That. I can't Stop do it. it. <laughs> okay, I won't. It's impressive, I mean, but okay. <laughs> It's I mean, okay. you can't. It's all good. It's all good. Just, <laughs> okay. like, go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say. So in, in high school, you were like the most m- metal. Is that the way it is? I don't know. Sports. You were like the, the most <laughs> fucking fastest first place winner medaled track star that we that we have. But actually in all of California, right? Uh, my senior year, yes, I was the whatever state champion. State yeah. champion. There you go. See, I don't know sports. I'm stupid. I know boxing. We can talk about boxing. I can't talk about anything else. Oh, um, we can do. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So like, and you actually, you and I actually have a lot in common, which is weird that we didn't really become friends or friendly until well after high school and having never seen each other <laughs> since then. But we share a lot of childhood friends. And why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? You'll introduce yourself better than I will. And then we'll get into the topic that I want to talk to you about today. I mean, well, damn, I feel like you kind of did it already. But um, yeah, that was um, the weakest introduction ever. You just calm down and go ahead and introduce yourself. That's that's, that's how you know me. You know what I mean? So um, me and uh, me and Miss uh, Mixed Girl Maney, we uh, went to high school together. Uh, We knew each other tangentially. Um, mainly through who would become her husband, although at the time I had no idea. <laughs> Just friends. <laughs> and, Just and, friends. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, I was, you know, kind of, uh, singularly focused on, uh, my athletic pursuits at the time. So, uh, to pay off on the little lead that, uh, Charmaine gave y'all, um, yeah, I, I was a state champion and D1 athletic scholarship holder and all that other jazz. And, and that was like a million years ago. So long ago, it doesn't even feel like. Yeah, but don't you still, isn't there a record that still no one has beat that you hold? I could have swore <laughs> there was one. There's. A couple, actually. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking like talk like I don't talk about it. I think we don't um I think this whole like be humble thing is a problem because we need to show how great we are out in the world. People don't give us the credit that we deserve. So talk about your little records. 
I said little. <laughs> exactly. As you hit me with the diminutive. All right, I see you. Talk see about you. your big old record. You've held this record for over 20 years. That is impressive. So, like, come on. Uh, uh, well, I mean, here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. So the person I took the record from is my uncle. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You did tell me that. That's funny. Yeah, so it's sort of like a family thing. Does you know Uncle I mean? hate like, it? No, he's happy about it. He's happy about it. But That's but good. here's the thing. So when I, you know, when when we when I graduated high school, I was the third best in the nation. Um. Now when my now we all have done the same event. My uncle, my big sister, and I we all did the same event in track and field. Oh yeah, your sister holds records too, doesn't she? So when they both graduated, they were the first in the nation. Nice. So I'm kind of the black sheep. I'm like a. You know, I'm the underachiever. <laughs> <laughs> That's some amazing family genetics, though, that you guys. Yeah, G- genetics are real, man. Genetics are real. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. it is. It's impressive. But yeah, so we, yeah, we kind of peripherally knew each other in high school or whatever. I know we have talked, but it's been so fucking long ago. I, I don't remember specifics and stuff, but we've been talking for years, though. Now we, you know. Uh, through Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But a couple months ago or so, you hit me up with the question. Well, first you, <laughs> this is adorable. First you asked me permission to ask me a question. <laughs> Yo, it's, 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 you know, it, you know, it's, it's the whole, uh, you know, consent era. You I know, think I you be were careful. being, you were being, uh, you, you know, you were trying to be aware of sort of my deal because as as long as you've known me, I've been the mixed girl or a, you know, a mixed girl or mixed girl, you know, being mixed is a no, big part no, of you, everything. You were the mixed girl I was, and mixed with all the things. Yeah. <laughs> so like in high school, I know we had some biracial folks and shit like that. You know, even my, my partner on the other show, Blur Vision is, is, is mixed as, as well. But like, no one was known for being mixed, and I was known for being mixed because I was, you know, a panda, black, white, and Asian. And, well, you, uh, <laughs> were, you were militant about it. And I was, like, even then, well, also, like, I had come, I had moved back to Sacramento after being in Long Beach with my dad's side of the family. It was 1993 when I moved back. I, it, that was the LA, LA riots era. That was NWA. That was, you know, LA Raiders and stuff like that. So I had a very militant surrounding and um and then i come back to sacramento with some kids that i grew up with like in second and third grade and stuff like that and i'm different like i was a totally different person than than what they knew growing up and stuff and um and so in high school like i didn't suffer shit like our school seemed so soft to me coming from where i came from that i like i was like the only person in school that wore sunglasses i wore black all the time i don't know who the fuck i thought i was and i was really standoffish too because i was dealing with some damage so um but yeah i was militant about about mixedness and i was militant about people seeing my blackness which any of us that sort of had a, a militant leaning i think tended to gravitate towards each other and I, that I, that's more than likely the interactions that you and I had, maybe more likely. Um, you know, we, we we've spoken about this briefly, but you know, my my mother was a Black Panther. You know, we are from Chicago. Um, I moved to the high school that you know we know each other from. Um, I think um, I went to Center Junior High, and I got there halfway through Junior High. So I think I moved there when I was eight in in, in eighth grade. Mm. Um, Military? No. No, no, no. Oh, no. really? No, no. Um, just uh, you know, my um, my uncle 
actually my grandfather started a business. He started um, uh, basically a mechanic shop. And my dad was a master mechanic and a uh, accountant, a bookkeeper. So he moved us out there on the uh, thoughts that my dad would uh, do the books and help him with mm. the mechanics. So that's why we got out to Sacramento. I see. All right. So actually, going back to to the topic of today is that you had hit me up a couple months ago and you asked me permission to ask a question, um, probably due to your awareness of uh, sensitivity towards my mixedness. You didn't want to overstep, I think, was was the, the whole point of asking if it was cool to talk about it. And you said that you had basically recently or somewhat recently discovered that you actually have a more mixed heritage than you ever was aware of. And you, was it a conversation with your sister that triggered it? Where you're kind of wondering if it was okay to claim mix or to even investigate mixedness when you grew up feeling black your whole life? Is that kind of accurate? Yeah, that that is accurate. Um, You know, this realization actually happened, you know, like several years ago, but it's, you know, been something that I've been, I don't know, I guess sort of struggling with. Um, Mm. There's a weird, I mean, I can talk about this with you because you will, you will get it, but there's a weird thing you are when you are black and not quite what folks expect you to be that people always go, Oh, you must be mixed with something. So I got, Oh, you must be, are you part Filipino? Um, I later on in life became fluent in Spanish for a hundred different reasons. So I girls, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The one reason, maybe the one reason, but I'm saying. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, you got me. All right, so. Um, and so, um, if I am speaking Spanish with someone, they'll say, oh, are you, you know, Puerto Rican or Brazilian or whatnot? And so I have often gotten the question if I am mixed and I have always vociferously said, no, like I'm a hundred percent black. I'm just a regular old Negro and, you know, surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I later on find out that I am indeed mixed. My mother is, you know, mostly non-black, um, which was something that we sort of knew peripherally. Mm-hmm. We knew, we knew my mother had, um, Native American ancestry and we sort of joked about her Scottish and Scottish ancestry. Mm-hmm. But like in the black community, and you'll get this, like everybody is supposedly, in particular, when you talk about like Native American, everybody got Indian in their family. Right. Quote unquote. You know what I mean? So and everybody like, has the auntie or the cousin that had that beautiful, long, straight hair that right. nobody else in the family had. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So as opposed to just realizing that that's a Hawaiian silky weave. <laughs> you, you know, you, you lead your to believe that that's actually her hair. And so that's the way that I'd always viewed these claims. But um, like actually looking into it, like I came to realize my, you know, my grandfather was a Choctaw Native American. And not only was he a Choctaw Native American, but he, um, uh, yeah, this is a little complicated. So his mother uh, was born a slave. She was the product of slave rape. Mm. Her, and her uh, her father was Scottish. Her tech, well, her slave. I was gonna say technically, but and ain't no technicality yeah. involved in this. Oh, it's our it's our like, history. He, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he was her slave master. So she was half African and half Scottish. And then she married my 
she married uh, her husband, whom was a full-blood Choctaw Native American. And that is where my grandfather came from. Mm. So mom is mostly not black. <laughs> and it would explain why so many of my, you know, she's one of, uh, she's one of 12. So. Damn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we got, we got a, I got a big family. She's one of 12. My dad's one of nine. There's literally not one oh my gosh. state united states that i can't go to and call on somebody and be like yo it's your big cousin anthony wow so do you know <laughs> how many first cousins you have you have an idea i have no idea uh, honestly i have no idea i i a lot a lot <laughs> i got a big family um and so like that was something that i you know came to realize after doing some uh you know genealogy research and i just thought well damn, this is a whole new, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but th th this is a whole new, like, uh, well, a whole new identity and a whole new um, heritage that I've not appropriately looked into. I've not been raised in, you right. know, all these. And then, and so, you know, then you start looking back, like all these times that people said, oh, you're mixed with this, or you must be mixed or whatever, which I had always brushed off as, Honestly, like ham-fisted attempts to compliment me. You must not be all the way black because right. like you, or you seem intelligent or you seem attractive to me. So you can't be like right. I always I always took that as sort of an insult. And even uh, blackness is has that complicated thing of you know the mixed babies being the beautiful babies and things like that, and you know the erasure of who we really are type of thing happens a lot. So. I could see how that could be that could either be viewed as a positive or a negative, depending on how it makes you feel when someone says it. Absolutely. And I had always viewed it as a negative. Again, my mother was a Black Panther. That was one of the things she was happy to tell me. So yeah. I was. And you couldn't you know, be a Black Panther and not be black as fuck. Exactly. Exactly. So I was, you know, militantly black. <laughs> and I always considered myself, you know, again, black as fuck. And so any mm -hmm. any suggestion of the opposite was a um a bit of an insult. Um which honestly, you know, it's funny. I'm going to bring up one of our old high school mates. Uh I had a very good friend in high school. Uh you probably know who I'm talking about. Uh and um he was also really close to Tree too. Yes. No. Yeah. We all we all played football together. We all played the sports. <laughs> so we were, sports. Pretty close. we were all pretty close and got that a lot. Very light skinned, uh, little freckle faced, red haired. Um, he may not know this, but he has come up on this show a few times because I always describe the dude in high school, the red headed, light skinned dude in high school. <laughs> Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I brought him up. I've never said his name, and I'll bleep him for here. But yeah, I've he he does not know, or I assume, but yeah, he's been brought up several times. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, the, yeah, that that was that was pretty much my best friend, and he often got the "Are you mixed?" And again, he is not mixed. Black mother, black father. I, I you know, you grew up in certain people's households. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up in his. We. But his auntie looks like him, right? Like, isn't his mother's sister the one he looks the most like, right? <sighs> no, he looks most like his. I want to say his paternal grandfather, okay. who has, um, who has red hair and freckles. Um, but as far as I understand and remember, is not white either. So and and. Funny thing, he's you know he has a he has a brother from the same mother and father who looks nothing at all like dark him. skin. Um, yeah, dark yeah, skin. I remember. Um, and then he, but he has a little brother who looks almost exactly like him. 
Oh, really? I didn't know Although, there was another one. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just the, it, it's kind of the thing that happens. And, you know, well, genetics are weird and traits skip around and whatnot. And so you just never know. Um, but he got that question, you know, the, where I was going with this is he got that question a lot as well. Right. And was, you know, as far you as you could he never tell him he was mixed. He, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You, you might get a fat lip. You don't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's this very, um, just from like a, a holistic perspective, it's a weird thing in the black community where you just, you never really know. Yeah. Cause your traits could be coming from anywhere. Yeah. It could be slavery, but there are also um, light-skinned, blue-eyed Africans. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you just don't know. And so, you know, for folks like us who have been divorced from our histories and our genealogies and don't really know where we come from for right. obvious reasons, you know, that is something that sort of looms large for us. Yeah. I always talk about it as sort of feeling like an, an or you know, an orphan of Africa, orphan from our history because we, you know, we don't have our culture, we don't have our language. And so we sit there and try to patchwork quilt it, you know, here in the States where it's like, oh, I'll take this pattern from Kenya and I'll put this, you know, this dress from uh, Ethiopia and then I'll put a this from Egypt. You know, like people are just trying to patchwork quilt their African heritage based off of what little exposure we had. And that and that is our way of trying to connect back to the continent that we were taken from. And we feel terrible about it. Well, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, it's it's you know, I read this wonderful article about the um about one of the things that struck people most about the movie Black Panther that came out recently was how pan-African it was. You don't realize it. Yeah. Um, you're wa- watching it from a United States perspective, but um, clothing was, you know, from Specific one part groups. of Africa. Yeah. Like, was from different parts of Africa. Like, there were little bits and pieces of all of Africa in Black Panther. Wakanda is like the African utopia. So there's little bits and pieces of all of Africa inside of it. And that's one of the reasons why I think it resonated as a film with so many black folks because there was something for us to recognize. Right. There was a little piece of us in all of it. it. It's like the fantasy that we have that there is a place in Africa that we could go and be welcomed back as, you know, you were taken from us and now you're back and we could have this little bubble of space that, because we don't know where all we come from. Like some of us don't know where all we come from and and it would probably be like that. Imagine creating Wakanda for the diaspora. It would be every it little... Would be something like that, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I think, um, and it, funny, and on a side note, I didn't realize where any of my African ancestry came from until I took a genetic test and found out that that it ended up in um, Pakistan and Malaysia. Excuse me? Which, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. But uh, it made no sense to me at all. You know, they give you this little, like, you're most like this person. And then the country that came up was Malaysia. I was like, I don't think that's a country in Africa. That don't sound right. That's and, funny. And- Side note, Blurred Comics is ranked 37 of all Apple podcasts in Malaysia. <laughs> 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 well, there you go. All right. Woo, woo, woo. That's shout out to my homeland. Right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I was talking to a buddy of mine and he was telling me, well, that makes perfect sense. You know, if you uh, if you spice root, that's exactly where it goes. It goes from, you know, oh, Malaysia, that, okay. India, around the Horn of Africa. And that's where you're at. 
Mm. So um, one thing that I don't know if you guys have talked about this before, but one thing that they caution you about when you are a black person taking a genetic test is they caution you. They say you're, you know, because if you're a man, you can check your um, mother's line and your father's line, the X line and the Y line. X, right. y. So your X line usually ends up in Africa, particularly West Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your mother's line. Your Y line for a lot of black folks ends up somewhere in Europe. And so they caution you. They say, hey, this is a thing that's going to happen. They don't go into the whole like, yo, slavery was a real thing. Wake up. <laughs> right. They don't tell you that. Like, but don't be disappointed. Yes. But that's where it comes from. And so I was fully anticipating my Y line to end up somewhere in like Germany or mm. Scotland. Mm. I'd known that we got a ancestry. And to my surprise, it ended up in uh, Malaysia. Well, and then so now that that pieces together a little bit, like if people do, I, I get Filipino a lot too. People think I'm Filipino because I'm like inexplicably Asian, you know? Um, and you have <laughs> well, that kind of, you have eyes that you're like, your eye shape is not is more almond i think than yeah, round yeah <laughs> so you know um yeah the so like i could see if if someone is digging really hard to try to find a mixed heritage in your face they would probably go with the fact that you do have you know a more almond shaped eye not not a properly asian eye but you know almond uh perhaps perhaps um so you know i always made the joke that it was like okay so um Slave rape was a real thing. And apparently that didn't happen in my family line. So apparently we were free Negroes. We never suffered slavery or we're just ugly. So nobody wanted to rape us. Uh, <laughs> Come on now. I know that's terrible, but I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we make jokes to get through our pain. There you go. There you go. So what triggered what? So I was always cautious of doing the ancestry tests because, you know, I felt like, you know, they're basically just going to say somewhere between 20 and 25 percent of me was going to end up in Africa some kind of way or whatever. You know, me not knowing how much slave rape there was and and everything like that. And I finally did it because I did the African ancestry before I did ancestry, regular ancestry um, or ancestry.com, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And so, like, you know, like that, I had to be my father is black or was black so that's why I had to go through the Y line which means I couldn't take the test which means I had to get a male relative to take the test and so an uncle of mine did it for me I paid he and had the the tube shipped to him he spit in it blah 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 so like in our case I was surprised to find out um, that we weren't even West African you know we're Central African and um, and and then on top of it we come from a country that wasn't even in the slave trade until the last decade of the slave trade so I'm thinking you know we could have been here 400 years, but we were actually here probably like 170 years back. And then when I did the the ancestry one, they they were they were just kind of all over the map. They were they were just like somewhere in Kenya, somewhere in South Africa, somewhere in Nigeria. You know, like it was just kind of all over the place. Um, and that's because of the the Bantu line. So when you're talking about migration or whatever, it would make right. sense that ancestry would come up with this migration pattern that goes from Kenya all the way down and back up. You know, I didn't even think about it as the spice trade, but that. I guess that would make sense too. But I was surprised to find out how black I still was. You know, like I was afraid, I was terrified I was going to come back with like 9% and that it was going to fuck my whole identity because, you know, I've lived my life. I mean, and even your vague memories of me in high school is I'm a militantly black mixed person. You know, right now, I do think of myself as more militantly mixed in a broad sense, but I've always been black first. Like that's just been 
my identity. That's been my upbringing and everything. So in your case, when you get to the point of, do, are you, tri- do you, what triggers you guys doing the test? Was it just like, did a story slip out and you wanted to investigate it? Or was it just, you know, the, the like well, cachet of it? Uh, well, for me, it was, it was sort of a humbug. Um, again, um, you know, we had talked about being, you know, having Indian in our family. And, you know, I, I sort of tangentially knew that my, uh, you know, it, gosh, you know, I think it's such a weird thing. I just have to say this. I mean, I think a lot of black families just don't talk about the past. I think people don't. Yeah. If you think about slavery, you think about it as like the bad old days. And it was so long ago. But my, again, my great grandmother was born a slave. Yeah, that's not, it's not so not long too many ago. generations. It's yeah, that's not so long ago. Uh, for me, and, I was it was four generations back. My great grandmother, who was still alive when I was in high school, was the very first person born outside of slavery. Yeah, no, I I met my great grandmother. Now, admittedly, we live of you know you know she was a uh, hundred and two when I met her, so Damn. we live a long time. <laughs> That being said, like, again, not that long ago. And so I think there's this kind of, uh, you know, what you want to call a cognitive dissonance when it comes to like our slave ancestry, our slave history, where we just sort of don't think about it. Mm-hmm. So my family like didn't talk about our ancestry. But, you know, uh, funny enough, one of the things I remember about you the most is how much you reminded me of my aunt. You look almost yeah. like my aunt. <laughs> You, you said that and that and that's it's it, it you know it's funny it's not an uncommon thing for black folks to say to me that i look like a cousin or an aunt or a, a somebody in their family right yeah no no you you really do like i can show you pictures and you'd be like i mean she's about almost a foot taller than you because i remember you're short yeah and she's tall but <laughs> but um that's uh, where yeah. the Asian kicked in. Of all the places that the Asian <laughs> kicked in is the height. The height and the calves. Okay, well, one of those, those are both good things. You could. <laughs> it's a good thing. But uh, no, yeah. so, you know, I had always, but again, part of the black experience is, is this like weird halfway place between this thing that we know that is Africa and this thing that we don't know, which is to be American. Right. So part of being black is like, occupying this halfway space, this limbo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that a lot of my family members are light skinned and look weird, quote unquote, <laughs> uh, didn't uh, it didn't strike me as odd. Uh, but, you know, I decided to look it up uh, mainly just because I was curious. And actually, if I if I recall correctly, I think my little sister brought it up to me. She was like she wanted to do this. But similarly to you, you know, I need a, a male relative to mm-hmm. do lines. And she was like, I'll pay for it. And I was like, no, nah, don't worry about it. I'll pay for it. I'm curious, too. And so I did it. And that took me there. And then I sort of like remember all the little like halfway conversations and jokes and throwaway comments that family members had made about this that or the third and started to look into my actual heritage started like calling family members and you know grandparents and and all that and found out like oh yeah my yeah my grandfather was 
Native American on the Native American rolls. He's a member of the tribe. <laughs> and and on top so of So are you able to claim or could you get uh, what is it I called? Could, I could I could get tribal benefits, but it feels it feels inauthentic. It feels opportunistic. Right. And I but totally get that. I wasn't raised in that uh, like I know nothing of honestly, I know nothing of my uh, Native American culture. Nothing whatsoever. That wasn't the way I was raised. Again, you know, my mother grew up on the south side of Chicago and was a Black Panther in the sixties and it's all I know about my mother is she is black as fuck. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I don't know anything at all, you know, uh, about that. And so it would feel inauthentic to me to try to claim that. But I do, you know, I am interested in the in the in the history and the culture. I would love to reconnect with that, but to claim it now feels again inauthentic. Yeah, and that that is actually a, something that I I've had to think a lot about, especially you know because I've started this show and I'm exploring mixed race identity on such a heavier level than I kind of ever have before. It's it, it, the, the, the idea of permission comes up quite often. Do we as mixed people have permission to claim fill in the blank? And, um, and I think black folks, this is why I think mixed people tend to gravitate towards whatever their of colorness is, is because White people don't have these questions the way that any of us of color do. And in particular with black Americans, um, because our history is taken from us and and even including our history here on this continent, you know, um, we're in some cases barred from being able to find out or contacting the plantations that our, our families came from or. If if we do happen to descend from the slave masters, the acknowledgement of that family isn't really there for us or whatever. So mixedness in the same way that American blackness is this, you know, semi orphancy from whatever we come from. And, it you know, it's unfortunate. It's not our fault that we don't get to claim it or that we don't have access to it. So, of course, we crave it. And I think and that that's that's certainly my experience is, you know, from as young as I can remember being able to be aware of of this kind of stuff from seventh grade or whatever. I'm I'm writing letters trying to find the plantations my family members came off of based off of information my granddad gave me Um, me always wanting a bridge back to Africa. But but now that I have that bridge, now that I have what tribes, my three tribes, my family came from on my father's side, do I get to say that I am of these people. I don't think so. But do I want to learn about them? And do I do I want to see if there's things or evidence like genetic evidence of my connection to them? Like I found out that one of the tribes that my father's ancestry comes from is a pygmy tribe, the uh, the Coda and the Coda people of Gabon. And what's funny is, you know, my my black side of the family, the men aren't that tall. They're I mean, they're not short, but they're like, between five ten, five five nine and five eleven. So their frames are smaller than like you know, like blurred vision, who we both know. Like they're not big like that. They're 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 smaller in, framed in, guys. In fairness, he's gigantic. He is gigantic, <laughs> and the, he, his whole family is just huge. But but you know, like when somebody when when you when a white person think, gets a, a picture painted in their head of a black guy. When you think West African, Nigerian, you think tall, uh, you know, broad shouldered, stuff yes, like that. Yes, so absolutely. in my case, they're smaller frames. So like my dad being like a buck 45 until his death made sense to me. Like I'm like, oh, like all of a sudden I find this out in my DNA and I'm like, oh, you know, they're hella small and skinny framed guys. And they look like these pictures of these people that I'm seeing, you know, even even in terms of like 
facial features to a degree were kind of similar to some of the pictures I was seeing compared to the men in my uh, dad's side of the family. And and then, you know, digging a little bit further into the Coda and stuff like that. I, I don't know of all the tribes, for some reason, the Coda tended to, I gravitated to, more towards uh, because I also found out that they live in a, a polygony environment and me being a polyamorous person. Uh-oh. Ding, ding, ding. You, you know, it was like, maybe it's just in my genetics. And even though, you know, polygony is different than um, than what I practice or whatever, just the idea that there was an openness within the community to multiple partners made me feel like there was something, you know, maybe there's something in my genetics that has a, a tell. Maybe that's my way of bridging myself back, right? And so I wonder, I think this happens with us a lot, is we we are orphans from where our ancestors come from. And we all, I would be surprised to find out that there isn't anybody who whose family has been here for multiple generations that doesn't have some dose of slave owner rape or, and all that other kind of stuff. Like even if they're still coming out at like 90 something percent African, but they, but that like 10%, you know, I still kind of expect it. I, I would be surprised to see anybody come through on a hundred percent, honestly, here in the States because of our history. But I think craving and investigating the cultures and the heritages that we come from is a hundred percent still okay. The question is, do we walk away repping for them really hard (laughs) that's the difference thing like i feel that it's okay for me to claim japan because my grandmother's japanese and she raised me Uh, to a degree i feel that it's okay to claim england because my british grandmother is from there and she also was a big part of raising me in the beginning so i don't claim my white american heritage very well because i don't know that side i know that they i knew my grandfather for like five times i've seen him five times in my life and then he was gone and that's it i have no connection to him and his culture and yet i've found out through ancestry how long his people were here predate the united states formation and stuff like that and there's very specific things in his dna strand that mark him in different like his ancestry in different parts of the country before the revolutionary war and everything like that so there's things that make it interesting for me and i want to gravitate towards but i don't want to try to sit there and be like you know i'm irish or i'm german because i don't know those people and the people who were alive when i was born didn't know those people so it's tough uh you know on that note uh, you know i you know i met my great-grandmother several times you know she lived in uh san jose we would you know when we moved out here we would go there once in a while and go see her you know go see big mama so i met her and um <laughs> uh, one of the funniest things are not funny but odd i guess i should say uh that i remember is i always remember her referring to her her father her slave master whatever god that's fucked up um yeah, as that hurts um, to say <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. She always referred to him as that man, Mr. P- Mr. Perryman. That was his name, Mr. Perryman. Fuck, like uh, Mr. Yeah, 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 like Mr. from The Color Purple. Like, there was no familial tie there. It was just like, he was that man to her, um, which always struck me as odd. And even though I knew that and had heard her say that and had known you know that obviously if he was her slave master he wasn't you know black for some kind of odd reason like the idea that this you know family member of mine who was the you know matriarch of my you know mother's line um it never i it's odd i guess i maybe i felt like the filter of the blackness of chicago washed all that out of me but (laughs) 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 i never really ever even considered the idea that i was mixed I think by the time I got to high school, 
my me and my uh my older sister and I we had joked about my mother being next, but we had never none of us had ever owned that. That's funny. I think that's actually probably common. Once you're removed from the generation that did the mixing, it's easy to kind of make that claim. Right, right, right. And again, you know, all I, you know, all I ever knew was that again, you know, we we were from Chicago. My mom was a Black Panther. We had all the African iconography, the masks, the shields, the swords, all that other jazz. <laughs> we had all that hung up in the house. I knew that I was black as fuck, and that's all I knew. And it wasn't until I was a grown man, until I actually investigated my, uh, you know, my, my background, my lineage, that I, I realized, like, oh, gosh, like, this is a thing that I am that I don't even feel comfortable claiming because, it, one, you know, all those, what I would consider at this point, sort of backhanded compliments about, oh, you must be mixed, which I always right. thought of as well, you're too smart to be all black or I like yeah. you, so you can't be black or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now there's merit to those comments. And, and, and there well, isn't. There, the yeah. I <laughs> I'm going to yeah. say there's not. I'm going to say that what's going on is different. I, I, I think when people, when people are trying to find a way to justify accepting you by de-blackifying you, Yes, that that like even even my mixed ass doesn't that doesn't fly for me. Like as much as I'm proud and enjoy and love being mixed, what I hate is when somebody takes me as somewhat better than my full black brothers and sisters type of thing. Like I'm not okay with that. And so I would say that those as much as I hate to say it, I would say that those incidences that you're talking about, like your call on that is right. And you shouldn't have accepted it, and you should you should continue to fight as you get those. But in terms of heritage, finding out that there's something else going on, there really is more just a an. <laughs> you know, this is a tough thing. This is this is why I specifically want to to talk to black folks or mixed black folks about this this subject or people that can identify as mixed black on this subject because it's really complicated. Like right now. I can have a I can have pride in being both Japanese and British because those generations were voluntary. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what that's what I'm that's that's what a, no, what it feels it. like. It. On my black side, my granddad was dark as fuck and his father was dark as fuck. But my great grandmother, who I knew before she died um, when I was still a teenager, the firstborn post-slavery, she could she could not in the 90s pass for white, but in the 1890s she could have passed for white. You know, because they weren't used to mix with, like, you know, as as much. And her last name was also Whiteside, which was the name of the uh, the plantation that she came that they her family came off of, the Black Whiteside, from the house, from the master, whatever. Um so like what I don't know is if her direct father was the slave master or if her mother was the product of the slave master. That's the part that I don't know. But I, I know that, that that's what their situation was. And um, in her case, her being black as fuck makes sense to me. She cannot claim the or doesn't desire or or feel investigative or have pride in the the rape side of her genetics. And I'm 100% okay with that. Um, 
So like if that were to pop up in my genetics, you know, if we found out that it was specific to her line and it was whatever race or ethnicity, I wouldn't investigate that as part of me either, even though it, it you know, biologically it is. But like learning about my British ancestry specific to my Nana, yes, because I knew that woman and she married my black grandfather. And so that was voluntary mixing. So I would say in, in your case, it's probably like, I understand your mother in, in that and in the decision to not investigate it, maybe not even to talk about it, or even to have a sense of shame. I fully feel like I would understand your mother and I would probably in her position have done the exact same thing. Yeah, you know, I um, you know, I totally I totally get where she came from in that regard and I also understand now uh, in a way that I didn't before her very sharp turn into all things black. <laughs> um, right. As just a again, you know, you think about a um, you know, it, um and one thing I don't often talk about is my mother is wicked smart. Um, skipped two grades. Um, got bust up from Chicago public schools into uh, private uh, Catholic schools because she was so intelligent. Mm. And so that was a largely white environment for her in black as fuck Chicago. <laughs> I wonder if that played into her wanting to be focused on being black as fuck too, just having that kind of upbringing. I think it had to. I think it had to, you know, I, I, I can't see any way that I didn't and I, you know, and oddly enough, um, I see that mirrored in my own experience as, you know, uh, nerdy, you know, I, I existed in this weird little spot. I was a nerdy black kid. I looked like a nerdy black kid, <laughs> but I hung out with all the jocks and I was a jock. Yeah. So it was a weird little space I occupied, you know? Actually, um, it's pretty impressive given the time that we were in school. Like, nowadays, a Blurred can get by. But when we were in high school, like, I was telling Blurred Vision the other day, I was a closeted geek in high school. No one knew I was reading comics. No one knew, you know, like, at best, they maybe knew I was into anime, but that was acceptable. I was Japanese, you know? Like, that's a pretty impressive yeah. space for you to occupy in that time period of blackness. Well, it's, you know, what do they say? Um, necessity is a mother of invention. Like, I had no option other than to do that. It's not like I could hide the fact that I was a nerdy black kid. You know, I got called Urkel more times than I would like to admit. Oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I was a <laughs> That I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, I was a skinny black kid with glasses. I mean, it is what it is. I do remember and the I, glasses. So, yeah, you can't you, you can really kind of get by with that. But I think because you were a jock and not only that you were a jock, but you were like a, an uber jock, like you could fucking beat everybody. Um, I think that probably helped. <laughs> uh, a little bit, <laughs> probably. Um, uh, but all that is to say, like, you know, you I didn't really have the option to hide. You know, so I had to kind of just lean into who I was. And, and admittedly, it's not just that I looked like a nerd. I was a nerd. Like, <laughs> I loved anime and comic books and yeah. old books and all the other, you know, all the things that you would imagine a little black nerd loving were. That was me. That Did was people my lane. know you were into comics? I, that I don't know about you. You know, I know. 
I don't think that was something that I talked about. Um, you know, it's funny, but I got my first comic book from my father. Mm. Uh, he gave me my first comic book. It was a uh, Silver Surfer. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was it was built into me. You know what's <laughs> funny? And maybe this is something we could talk, like, because you're supposed to come over on Blurred Comics eventually, but maybe this is something we could talk about. I know a ton of black folks whose main or favorite character or first introduction into comics was Silver Surfer. And I have a theory that we thought he was black the whole time. And then when that movie came out and he was voiced, (laughs) 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 that (laughs) that everybody was like, see, (laughs) like, I really believe that that there's something there is because we had such a a desert of blackness in comics that Silver Surfer was like a, an incognito. Incognito. Well, I think, um, I think any time that the any time that the you know the protagonist the comic book protagonist is face and or race is obscured it allows us black nerds to project upon him because you know he's superman and batman and the flash and green lantern and we see all these white cats yeah but you get a cat like spider-man where i can't quite see what he looks like but i know that motherfucker lives in the hood i know his daddy ain't around I know he's being raised he's by his. Get the familiar I, symptoms I, of oh, where we grew up. <laughs> right, and I and I know that no matter what he does, the cops is always on him. The, the 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 newspaper hates him. As hard as he tries, he just can't seem to catch a break. Well, he's seeming kind of Negro-ish in that moment. I mean, he's straight <laughs> up raised by his auntie. So I mean, come on, exactly. <laughs> so sad. Come on, don't be a oh, stereotype, I'm, Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, yo. I mean, he's from Brooklyn. He's being raised by his adopted family, and he got problems with the police. I mean, if 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 he's not Negro, he's definitely Negro adjacent. So there you go. So that's funny. So yeah, because I didn't know you were into comics until um, I remember you, me, and Blur Vision having a conversation over Facebook about how they were never going to give us Black Panther. So it's. It's post in an <laughs> and amazing. That's how long ago that was, yeah. Right. It, so it's post Iron Man, at least the start of these eighteen films or nineteen films, whatever. It's post Iron Man, but pre announcement. It's pre Winter Soldier because even by Winter Soldier they hadn't announced this yet, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, we were like, they'll never they give made, it to they us. Made hints. They huh? made some hints. One, they made some hints. Once I realized Black Panther was coming out in Winter Soldier, I knew he was going to get a movie. But I was, you know, you know, we haven't talked about this, but like I have a, a, a pop culture podcast that I, partic- that I participate in pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. And we had been talking about the potential for Black Panther years before it came out. And we, it had always been a witch upon a star kind of thing. Right. We never imagined that they would ever actually do this. And, and I actually read Black Panther comics. Yeah, course, me too. If it was a Black Panther, I see some Black Panther shit, I'm going to get on it. Right. Um, and I honestly never in a million years thought I would ever see that character on the big screen. I I'm didn't telling you on TV. Like I didn't think anybody would ever talk about this. And lo and behold, you know, Mickey Mouse makes a movie about Black Panther. Right? It's like, incredible. Well, I remember we have us having that conversation where we we're just like, they're never going to give it to us. But if they do right now blood packed we gonna have to see it together and then they announced it and we were like what it's happening oh my gosh and we still failed to meet our um 
our, our uh, yeah the, the pact was not fulfilled the pact no. was not fulfilled <laughs> so black panther 2 you're gonna have to make your way down here or something so we can make that happen um at least but um yeah that like that that was basically i think how i figured out or you had posted something that was like a, a comic foot cutout or something and it was like black panther and storm or whatever and it was like oh you're one of us okay you know because i no, it more than likely was black panther and storm because i was very I was all in my feces about uh, the relationship between Black Panther and Storm. Right. Yeah. Really got his start. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's um. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that they. I'm not. I'm not only glad that they gave it to us, but that they allowed Black people con- to control it and tell the story for the primary. You know, for the most part, um, through their own cultures and experiences and stuff like that. And and so now we live in a post Black Panther world and. It's a billion dollar world. It's amazing. Something I didn't realize else. your podcast was that old, that that it's been going on for that long. Seven years. Damn. Seven I did not know that. Seven years. Well, why don't you, let's see, what's the time? Yeah. Why don't you, why don't we get there then? Because we're, we're almost to an hour. Um, why don't you talk about your show? Just tell us how to find it and all that kind of stuff. Oh, well, uh, uh, you know, the show is Get Out the Room. Um, it is a, it originally started as a strictly black horror movie podcast. And we say that, but there's always been at least one or two white dudes involved. Cause I was going to say, cause when yeah. I first started listening to it, it was, <laughs> it was primarily a white, white dudes voices. And then all of a sudden you came on and I was like, okay. <laughs> no, you're see Damon. Okay. So Damon and I are both you know, we both work in the white spaces. So we have our incognito voices and personas pretty solid. So um, he may sound white, but he is not. <laughs> oh, um, excuse but me. T- yeah, but typically in the beginning, it was me, Damon and Ryan. So Ryan is black. Damon is black. I'm black. Um, then we brought in Scott and Carl. And I don't think we've ever had Scott and Carl on at the same time. I think Scott uh, was on the f- episode that I listened to because I feel like there was definitely a Scott. Yeah, no, yes. And Scott is uber white. Like, Scott's white. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carl is everything you would think a white dude is, despite the fact that he grew up in the shittiest of the black hoods <laughs> in his neighborhood. And, okay. he, and all, all his friends, all his people, they're all black. So Carl, you know, Carl is one of those cats. Who, you know, he's he's black by proxy. Got you it. know, <laughs> you know, he's invited to the cookout. So it's 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 it is a mixed group, but for the most part, it you know, it is a, a black podcast. It is definitely from a black perspective. Okay, we approach everything from that perspective, and we started off as horror, and then we uh, branched out into popular culture, in particular when the Iron Man slash Marvel movie started to happen because we are all comic book nerds right so felt like well we have to talk about this because this is our thing yeah and obviously enough carl you know white dude was the one who was most excited about black panther <laughs> we told him from the beginning it's never gonna happen dude just like let it go like we're not gonna get a black oh panther. he had that white hope oh. that it was gonna happen oh, no. and, and, and and you know and white hope much like white tears are very powerful i guess and he made it happen <laughs> he made it happen <laughs> So. <laughs> he willed it. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> For real. Shout out to Carl. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Do you guys have a social media thing? Do you have a Twitter or Instagram and all that kind of stuff? People can follow the shows? Um, well, I mean, honestly, uh, you can you can just put get out the room in Google. We'll pop up. 
But that being said, uh, you can get us on Twitter. Get out the room. We got a Facebook fan page. Again, get out the room. <laughs> um, you can get us have on that consistency. Yeah, yeah, you know, you gotta keep it. Con- you gotta coordinate. You gotta coordinate. You gotta coordinate. But, uh, <laughs> but um, and uh, and again, you can uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, Podomatic, and it's all get out the room. And you know, uh, do not let my rather demure. Uh, behavior on this podcast for you. We get mad ratchet, and <laughs> I'm mainly the ratchet one. So if you want to hear a more ratchet side of me, you can definitely find it on Gal the Room. And Manny just laughed, so because I know she, she's looking, <laughs> she knows. So <laughs> it's funny too because someone pointed out um, someone who who knows both shows for Blurred Comics and Militantly Mixed said, you are two different people on these shows. And I'm like, I'm not really. It's just that Blurred Comics is is more like my everyday main. You know, I'm a pro-black mixed girl comic go- book geek. Um, so like, that's, that's where I'm like more like my normal self. And Militantly Mixed changed me in a weird way because in the beginning, it was a selfish journey for me to like connect with other mixed people and like talk about mixedness. And then I was so like, touched and stuff by all the people that are willing to share their stories and like the heaviness of a lot of their stories has like melted my ice heart or whatever and <laughs> so like I'm usually a lot more uh positive or or uh, I, I I think I sound grateful <laughs> on the show because I'm just I am I'm grateful that people are sharing their stories and that you know because sometimes it's it's intense and heavy and and sometimes it's like the first time they've gotten to talk about mixedness with somebody and it feels like a big deal for them and it, and by extension me and so both shows are very representative of who I am. I just don't typically like to show people the softer side of Maine. And unfortunately for my, you know, like hard candy shell, Militantly Mix has softened me publicly. Um, whereas Blurred Comics, I get to be my normal, mean, funny, ratchet self. And, you know, like Blurred Vision has known me since I was little. So he's he's never surprised that I'm hard. <laughs> Um, whereas, uh, uh, nor, nor would I be. So yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, but yeah, I've been accused of being kind of like way tame on this show. Um, you know, every now and then someone else will, will, you know, get a little bit of the wretchedness out of me, but, but primarily it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of gratefulness in this side of the, sh- uh, this side of main hustle, the militantly mixed side, because, which is so funny because the title is militantly mixed. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, I know, like, even even you. I mean, it's not something. This particular t- topic hasn't been something that you've talked about quite, a, you know, a lot or whatever. And so I do appreciate that. Yeah, um, because I kind of sprung it on you too. I was like, hey, this is what I want to talk about. <laughs> um, so I do. I appreciate that 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 you came on to to have that conversation um, with me. That being said, we have been planning for months. You were supposed to come on to Blurred Comics with me and Blur vision so that we could review the x-men animated series first two episodes have you watched them recently oh, i've seen them god knows how many times okay and yeah like i'm 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 always ready i right. stay ready all right so we need to plan that well yeah thank you so much for doing this i do appreciate it especially since it was kind of last minute out of nowhere you're silly People. i remember you being pri- i remember you as being just inherently unbothered. <laughs> that is the way I would put it. You were uh, inherently unbothered. <laughs> That's 
hilarious way to view me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I really, that's, that's, that's yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Johnson. Music is by David Bogan, The One. And if you like what you heard on Militantly Mix, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.